Hello, and welcome to As Depicted on Film. The latest story to come out of the Star Wars Cinematic Universe is the show Andor, which follows events that happened five years before the beginning of the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. Between Andor and A New Hope, there is the prequel called Rogue One, which concludes with Cassian Andor and his rebel partner, sending Princess Leia the plans to the Death Star. Thanks to these plans, the Death Star will be destroyed. But this show is about the roots to the Star Wars Rebellion as we know it from the original story. But this is not the Rebellion as we know it from the original trilogy, because the Rebellion that George Lucas depicted 50 years ago could not be more different than this 21st century rebellion. We've chosen a side. We're fighting against the dark. There is an organized rebel effort. Drill down and get a hunt started. You realize what you set in motion? People will suffer. Time has come to force our hand. At what cost? Everything! Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening. This is Gil. I'm doing this one solo because I just had to post an episode about Andor. It's a fantastic show that you can watch on the Disney Corporation's streaming service called Disney+. Plus. Disney is a content empire that owns almost everything and keeps expanding to every corner of our galaxy. More on that later, but now... Andor. If you haven't watched the show, there aren't going to be major spoilers here, though I am going to post clips from the show as I'm talking about the most interesting themes of this show. Since the plot of Andor is so closely connected to the beginning of the Star Wars saga, it is especially illuminating to do some compare and contrast while playing the score in the background to see how different they are melodically as well. Star Wars A New Hope introduced us to the rebellion against the Empire. That happened in 1977, when a very select number of special people with a special pedigree win the day for the galaxy. Basically, one family saved the galaxy. Darth Vader, his son, and his daughter. In Star Wars, it sometimes seemed as if the rebellion is a family matter, a personal matter, relevant only to the elite. General Kenobi, years ago you served my father in the Clone Wars. Now he begs you to help him in his struggle against the Empire. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. My father will know how to retrieve it. You must see this droid safely delivered to him on Alderaan. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Andor is a prequel to Rogue One, yet it could not be more different. And I think this is an excellent example of how legends change, stories change, canon changes 
according to how the real world changes. Andor might be set in the Star Wars cinematic universe, and all of the Star Wars installments might be supposedly taking place one after the other, but in actuality, every movie and every show and every story that comes out is always about the time and place in which it was made according to its own context. While the rebellion in A New Hope sometimes seemed jolly, today we're living in darker times, so the rebellion of Star Wars in Andor is a lot darker. And it involves everybody. The rebellion in Andor, it is not happy or quirky. No, it's very serious. The people who partake in the rebellion in Andor don't crack jokes and don't talk in platitudes. They are dead serious about their task and they plan like there's no tomorrow. Because there will not be a tomorrow if the rebellion doesn't turn a little bit to the dark side. I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. It's not glossy. It's not naive. It's not childlike. Like it is in the original rebellion of A New Hope. We've entered the Alderaan system. Governor Tarkin. I should have expected to find you holding Vader's leash. I recognized your foul stench when I was brought on board. Charming to the last. I have chosen to test this station's destructive power on your home planet of Alderaan. No. Alderaan is peace, but we have no weapons. You can't You will possibly... prefer another target, a military target? Then name the system. Dantooine. You're on Dantooine. There. You see, Lord Vader, she can be reasonable. Continue with the operation. You may fire when ready. What? You're far too trusty. While in Star Wars, we have great heroes protected by plot armor leading the day. In Andor, no one is special or indispensable. The heroes are every person who tries. What you need to do to be a hero is to try to change things for the better. Unlike the original Star Wars, this is not about the individual. This is about the collective. Everybody plays a part. Every character is its own cog. The heroes in Andor are refugees, Cassian Andor, working people, small business owners, grandmas, ex-stormtroopers, ex-imperial generals, Imperial officers who serve as moles for the rebellion. Trust fund babies who are dedicated to the cause and anyone else who tries. Each rebel got there for their own particular reasons. But the main reason, we're going to talk about it later in the episode, is oppression. Oppression hits everybody. And in our 21st century perspective, we know that you need an endless number of people to carry out a successful rebellion against a galactic empire. 
And we have a very diverse cast of characters who have been completely organically woven together into this epic story. It's not about having a woman there, a person of color there. No, you see, a society. Cassian Andor's mom. She's just a community leader. My name is Marva Karassi Andor. And that is heroic enough. You don't have to kill Darth Vader and the Emperor to be a hero. The heroism in Andor is communal. And what makes it very real also is how the show depicts the way that people get radicalized. Everybody feels the boot on their neck at one time or another. For one person, it might be over-policing. For somebody else, it might be the livelihood getting taken away. It might be someone you know that gets hurt. You might be a stole trooper who fell in love with the wrong person. It might be an accumulation of things. It might be attending a protest and being beaten up by anti-riot police. I myself have not been beaten up by anti-riot police, but I was just there <laughs> as anti-riot police in Israel were beating up people. It's the same in every country, and their shorthand as riot police is actually the correct term, because the riot police starts riots. And once you've seen it, you can't unsee it. There is nothing that will radicalize you like reality. If I could do it again, I'd wake up early and be fighting these bastards from the start. Fight the Empire! So even though we know in Andor, that the titular character of Cassian Andor will survive the season. And there's a second season, he will survive that season as well because he goes on to star in Rogue One. But it doesn't feel as if he's protected by plot armor. He is just a guy. For Andor to be able to survive and complete his mission in Rogue One, he needs a lot of luck. If stormtroopers are firing into a crowd of people, some people will get unlucky and die, and others will be lucky and survive. The people who survived did not survive because they were prophesied to survive, or because the Force willed it. There is no Force in Andor. Circumstances lead each and every character to live the life that they end up living. And other than that, it's luck. Andor is not the hero in Andor. He's just the titular character. If it wasn't Andor who sent the plans of the Death Star to Princess Leia to save the day, it would have been somebody else in a different place at a different time. And indeed, there are many rebels in different places and different times in Andor who are just as critical as him. Everybody plays a role. And the show does a great job at introducing us to minor characters, making us empathize with them in some small way, and then when they die, get arrested, or succeed, the payoff is great. How long we hang on, how far we get, 
How many of us make it out? All of that is now up to us. The solution, according to Andor, is solidarity. I think we now live in a period where we yearn for solidarity. We already see it in several shows that have come out in recent years, and I suspect we'll see solidarity on the main stage in many shows and movies to come. Because we live under a political and economic system that actively discourages solidarity and promotes selfishness. Not giving a fuck about your fellow human. And it pits us one against each other. This is also portrayed in Andor how workers are forced to compete against each other even though their wins are measly breadcrumbs compared to the wins of the people who set up this system. So we lack solidarity and we're going to see it in stories that will come out in the coming years. We need to help each other. You see someone who's confused, someone who's lost. You get them moving and you keep them moving until we put this place behind us. And it's not just the rebellion that is different in Andor. I think the empire is also different. It has a corporate culture today. They use corporate speak. It might be the empire, but it's not about communism or Nazism. It's a corporate fascism of sorts. There's like a board meeting, a recurring board meeting, and the, most of the board members... Basically, their job is to keep their job, pass the buck, make it seem as if they're doing something. You have two sectors to supervise. Levin is handling sex. He does, I will admit, hew to the traditional viewpoint of this office and its staffing. He is, I'm sure, a challenge to work with. His quarterly reports, however, are in, and yours are not, and here we are spending your valuable time with this issue. There's a very similar board meeting Five years later, in A New Hope, it could not be more different. Don't try to frighten us with your sorcerer's ways, Lord Vader. Your sad devotion to that ancient religion has not helped you conjure up the stolen data tapes or given you clairvoyance enough to find the rebels' hidden fort. I find your lack of faith disturbing. The baddies in A New Hope are very different from the baddies in Andor. In Andor, the baddies are just people who work for the Empire. They might be police officers or they might be board members. They're baddies because of their job. But then there are the real baddies. And the real baddies are the corporate workers who really want to do a stellar job. They want to be great at their job for the empire. And they don't like all those other empire workers who are cutting corners, who do not really believe in the corporate brand. So according to Andor, highly motivated and highly ambitious corporate workers are a danger to this world. <laughs> and the entire galaxy. Thesis, please. There is a focused, organized rebel effort to acquire highly restricted imperial military components. Your evidence? By accessing unfiltered sector crime reports, I can now prove a link between the theft of our most secret equipment and its distribution to rebel groups across the galaxy. 
This is hard, verifiable data you are prepared to present? Yes, sir. I believe Supervisor Blevin is aware I have a documented file ready to go. I believe his accusations here this morning have more to do with self-preservation than any sense of urgency. What's more urgent than a renegade intelligence officer? Imagine if everyone in this room played as loose with the rules as you. An excellent suggestion, Blevin. If you worked in a corporate environment with someone who is super, super motivated in into the corporation... Ugh. They can definitely be a baddie in the Star Wars universe. And from the aerial shots of their corporate capital, it sure seems like New York. Our corporate capital of the world. There's a lot of anger in this show. It is an angry story written in anger by angry writers. <laughs> it's not righteous anger. It's justified anger directed in the correct direction, up. The anger is directed towards the people who sit in high places, sometimes literally. These angry writers were paid by the Disney empire, who didn't realize or care that is financing visceral anti-corporate propaganda. Nobody in Disney thinks that these little stories can be a threat to their hold on power. So they're not even listening to their own writers. And this is a sentiment that is echoed in the plot of Andor itself, specifically in an episode called Nobody's Listening. They're not paying attention. They don't care. They don't even see us. We don't register on their radar. And we can use that to our advantage. So this is a fantastic show. It starts well, but then it slowly gets better and better. And there's a fabulous ensemble cast of actors. Just a great job all around. This is the Star Wars rebellion we need now. We don't want self-satisfied aristocrats with magical powers and smirking childish macho men with plot armor. To save us, no. If Star Wars started today, the rebellion would look like Andor from the very beginning. We are all in this together, and we want to stand in solidarity with one another against the top bosses that oppress us. So that's what we are going to do. Okay? Deal? Awesome. So thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Gil Kidon, and I'll see you next time. Bye, everybody.